0: hello everybody welcome to the Rabbit weasel podcast i'm your host jared and long live the new flesh yes okay (laughs) yeah we're talking about video drone episode 42 um now this was justin's pick but uh well as always hi justin my brother
1: hey how's it going
0: pretty good and mia my sister-in-law mia how are you
1: i'm doing
2: great jared how are you
0: Doing fine, yeah. Last episode was a little special. Uh, you guys weren't here. I had my friend Matt on. We talked about Friday thirteenth. Everybody, if you missed that, I hope you'll go back and listen to it. But uh, I decided to allow Justin and Mia to return this episode. so <laughs> Thank
2: we'll, you
0: We're
1: honored. We we, we we allowed you back as well.
0: <laughs> right. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was your pick, Justin, video drum. But I'm sure you have a lot to say about it. So I actually want to talk to Mia first. Uh, Mia. This was the first time you saw video drama, I assume.
2: Yes, that is correct. It's the first time I had ever seen it. Though so I did see, so I was watching the movie, I guess I don't. I don't think it's halfway, but a good portion to the beginning, when it? Spoiler well, alert! Me. Oh, oh wait! Blue well, <laughs>
0: alerts are in effect. This whole movie, yeah. yeah. If you haven't yeah. seen the movie, yeah. just go watch it.
2: That's
0: uh- <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Mia. <laughs> <laughs>
2: And so I was watching it and there's a particular scene that I was like, oh my God, I remember the scene from watching 100 Scariest Movies of All Time. And it was this this insane scene in the movie that I won't get into when we get to. Um, But it was just so vivid and I remember it completely because it's so crazy. Mm-hmm. Even though I had never seen this movie, that clip I remembered, and I was like, "Oh yeah. my god, I've seen this clip! Mm-hmm. Yep. I've seen it." While we were watching it, I was telling Justin, but it, it's pretty crazy. Mm-hmm.
0: It's
2: very crazy film.
0: It's uh the special effects are pretty intense, don't you think? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They
2: are.
1: There's They're that particular kind of- season. I mean, that particular scene that involves the stomach. <laughs> There's yeah. a few of them. Yeah, yeah. A, a really good. I mean, given the time and it looks, I mean, it doesn't look like all CGI'd up. It's really good.
2: It, it reminds me kind of like the special effects. They're good. They're great. I mean, they're, they're kind of crazy uh, of like um, Zombie 1.
0: Mm, yeah, well, just, yeah. Yeah. Oh, the full G film. Yeah.
2: Yeah, the full G film. Yep.
0: Zombie. That's what
2: it Either me.
0: called Zombie or Zombie 2, <laughs> depending on <laughs> Um, yep. yeah, I think that's uh, one thing I love about 80s films, especially Cronenberg films, The special effects, they're all practical, and they all look amazing. There's only one little effect in this movie where I think um, you can kind of tell it's fake. Uh, well, of course, you know, it's fake, but there's one where the, you see his hand, and you can see the fingers don't quite look right. But at the same time, the first time you see this movie, you're probably not looking at that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, you are overstimulated as it were yeah uh
0: so mia what else did you i mean do you like the movie did you think it was any other Uh, thoughts before you jump in
2: (laughs) so i don't know did i like the movie uh, it's hard to tell i can't i I (laughs) I still don't know what you've seen (laughs) (laughs) i i'm left with like no words but Hmm. um It was really interesting because my sister and I were talking about it over breakfast and I was like, oh my God, you have to see the scene in this movie. It's crazy. So, I mean, it definitely got me talking about it and showing other people the scene.
1: I wasn't expecting the torture porn part. Um, And for the record, I watched this with our mom. uh, I was going to bring that up.
0: (laughs) Um... (laughs) Yeah, so this is
1: a different fucking weird <laughs> i wasn't expecting it i was like no i don't think it's supposed to be like technology and like controlling of people and stuff and i didn't really look a whole lot into it and i'm like just watch it and she's like okay and we I like turn it on i'm like go
0: fuck <laughs> 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 like, like,
1: like almost immediately <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i guess um, the softcore porn broadcasting channel as like the main underlying thing
0: (laughs) yeah very early in the movie they you see the video drum clip and it's just like a man in executioner outfit whipping a bound woman who's being electrocuted in a red room and i think uh wow i think at that point mom was probably like okay what is this (laughs) he He made it he made it about 30 minutes into the film, though.
1: I mean, before, I mean, she stayed with me and then didn't didn't keep watching. But she made, like, 30 minutes in, which I felt like was a huge accomplishment.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad. She didn't get to the stomach scene, did she? I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. That was it. When you told me that you tried to watch it with mom, I was like, oh, goodness. Now, mom, our mother likes horror movies. Uh, but she doesn't like this kind you know she'll tell you she doesn't like blood and guts movies right she likes alfred hitchcock older stuff um not special effects driven movies so it's kind of mm-hmm. funny that she mm-hmm. saw this um but justin was this your well first off let's back up a little bit this was your pick kinda so how did we go about picking this movie justin
1: well I've been spending a lot of time writing and studying and thinking about technology's influence on organizations and on people. And uh, so we had been talking about that and you were like, you have to see Cronenberg. And I was like, who's that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're like, you got to see David Cronenberg film. And I was like, okay, where should we start? And Videodrome is, I believe where you suggested I start. And I was, um, Not disappointed. Mm -hmm. It is, uh, I mean, this is what, 1983? I mean, talk about being ahead of its time for like its social commentary in video form. I mean, goodness gracious. This is probably way ahead of what most people could conceptualize then because we didn't have widespread internet or direct streaming faces via screens uh, that you could interact with um so anyways there's some parts that don't hold like the cassette parts um (laughs) but yeah I thought it was it was really it's really well done and it's done kind of um kind of in a preachy way sometimes like at the right moments but also just visually I mean some of the visual stuff is really really well done and the metaphors I mean (laughs) being able to literally control someone via cassette tape is pretty hilarious in retrospect. Um, but, you know, don't want to give too much away. I big fan. I'm li- looking forward to watching more. Maybe we can make this a regular series of Cronenberg and technology and horror. Um,
0: Cause it's really good. Yeah. Well, give my background. This, this is one of, I love this movie. Uh, David Cronenberg is probably my favorite filmmaker. Um, that. Yeah, I mean, just when you look at everything he's done all together, it's, it's a pretty incredible career he's had. Um, at this time period, he always has walked the line between like art house film and exploitation. He puts it both together in just a really beautiful way. I think his films are excellent, thought provoking, but also really intense. Um, do you guys have you seen any of his other movies? Just a couple. Um, Shivers, Rabbit, the brood, scanners, the fly. None of those. I think so.
2: No, I think I've maybe seen like clips of the fly. Yeah. But I don't think I've seen the mm.
1: fly. In we
0: were... more modern years, he became a little more, moved away a little bit from the horror and more into crime. He did a history of violence and Eastern Promises. Um, he did a history of violence? Yeah, that was him. Okay. With uh, what's that? Uh, Vigo Mortensen.
1: It's been a long time. I just remember.
0: Well, yeah. Anyway, so he's still been making good movies. Um, but anyways, yeah, David, I got into David Cronenberg because I was actually fortunate enough to take a whole class on David Cronenberg's films. Uh, uh, that's um, cool. Yeah, back before I was a film major. So, <laughs> literally, part of what we would do is we would once a week or we'd sit down and watch one of these movies and then talk about it um (laughs) so I kind of got exposed to his whole almost all of his films very quickly and I've always loved him I consider him one of the best but um yeah David Groteberg go see all this stuff everybody but all right let's let's just uh jump into the film then um our main character is Max Wren and who plays Max Wren guys James Wood James Wood now As you're watching James Wood, are you capable of thinking about anything other than Family Guy? No. No. (laughs) The the first few minutes, I'm like, every time
1: he talks, I kind of crack up to myself. Yeah. All I hear is, piece of candy, piece of candy. Piece of candy. Piece of candy. Piece of candy. candy." And I just can't like James Woods being a... (laughs) Oh, my gosh uh james woods is like 65 in my mind because that's how he's drawn in family guy and he was probably 65 when that was being recorded and here he is 30 and something of a sex symbol in the movie
0: and i just couldn't take it too much yeah it it was uh interesting because for our generation james wood is the guy from family guy right or maybe hercules he was also um the Katie's and hercules oh family guy oh, family guy <laughs> yeah
1: pretty
0: much <laughs> all right
1: you might have other references
0: but family guy it's pretty much family guy yeah so it's like eh, well, well that makes it even weirder now mm-hmm. in retrospect but um so so mia how would you describe um max his his character and what do you think he does like his job
2: <laughs> so he kind of reminds me of like um Well, he wears the whole like suit and tie and um, jacket, kind of like corporate news, well not news, but like a head of a um, soft porn right, Mm -hmm. Uh, company that's kind of like whatever he needs to make money and entertain his people, and he's kind of like willing to do and show anything, it's kind of sleazy, a little bit of a sleaze ball
1: kind of character. Yeah, he's
0: thing, go ahead, Justin.
1: The other thing I was going to add about him, I mean, it's he definitely has this like greasy, sleazy kind of kind of vibe, but he's also looking for like the most outrageous thing, um, mm-hmm. which is a little part of like his personality too, like how to get the biggest hit off something that he can actually show on his. Channel, it's part sleaze and it's also
2: extremist or something, yeah, or
1: just yeah, like trying to find the most, yeah, awful version of something. Like, there is a little bit of an art to it. Like, what's the most extreme thing that he can find?
0: Yeah, I think, um, so maybe his television channel is kind of like a take on HBO, I guess. Mm which is just obviously more extreme version, but yeah, he's just the head of this um, television, small television channel that gets viewers by showing, you know, whatever it can get away with, right? Whether it's, it's violence, sexual stuff. So there's a lot of there's a lot of commentary. I hate to use the cliche word here, but it's very much a meta film, you know. Um, and we'll get into that a little a little more about the ideas, but there's sort of um, the viewer, if you're a horror fan, you are in some ways like Max, right? Because you're seeking out this uh, extreme stuff, too. And the movie is kind of critical of you, but it also criticizes, criticizes the other side. But anyways, yeah, that's our main character, Max. Okay, so he's working for a company and he's a television company and he's trying to find the new next thing that's going to get more viewers. Uh, <laughs> the first thing he does in this movie, he goes to a meeting. With some Japanese businessmen who want to to pitch their their softcore porn show. And it's called Samurai Dreams. Uh, and I remember I, I'll never forget the first time I saw this movie when we see the show and there's a little geisha doll and she starts taking the clothes off and it's a dildo.
2: <laughs> You're watching this with your mom.
0: <laughs> yeah um now the version how did you guys watch this did you watch it probably on itunes or something amazon prime yeah Amazon prime, prime. Amazon um TV. yes i'm not sure the version. i had originally seen this movie on dvd and that that's one of the scenes that's just kind of censored so the version i watched on uh um, on itunes that cuts away really quickly but the version i originally saw you you watch her undress the whole thing and it's very obviously a realistic dildo <laughs> um so it's kind of funny. It's just a little doll, but it's actually a tilto. I don't know. It Makes me laugh. Um, cool. but you yeah, you can tell.
2: Away. I mean, you could, you could tell it's like a...
1: But it doesn't like zoom in and focus on it. Like she pulls the little hat off and and pulls the little cape thing off and then it. And cuts she away lowers it, to, it, it and then it yeah. Cuts
0: away. Yeah. No. In the the one you can watch on DVDs, it's it's hangs on there for a little bit longer, and you can very clearly get a good look at what it is. It's kind of jarring too. Like whoa. whoa dildo um (laughs) but um i like that this scene really builds up the sleaziness of the movie i mean even before he gets in the hallway there's the guy in the background banging on the door shouting at his wife or whatever to let him in and the room they go into is just dirty it looks like they've lived there forever even though they're just on a trip he's also there's a funny little moment where he steals some food off the the room services cart when the woman isn't looking so just little touches like that um what else so so they want to hey this is our new show uh, samurai dreams you want to put it on your on your network and his partners reject the series um because it's just it's too classy right <laughs> yeah um
1: yeah the one guy like says it's not vulgar enough i think i don't remember what exact word he used but
0: yeah he says it's not tacky enough it's yeah. it's too too nice to turn him on basically so yeah there's a lot going on here about desensitization and how much of that is true and what impact does it have on us that's really kind of the theme of the movie is uh, being exposed to sex and violence what impact does it have on us um which became a big big thing in the 80s i guess it still is it's calmed down a little bit but uh but anyways they they say yeah your your porno is too nice too nice too classy uh we we don't want it and max says he wants something tough is the word he uses tough so max has an employee harlan and i guess you have to pay attention or you'll miss it harlan is sort of like an off the books kind of guy i think he has like um He's basically a video pirate, right? He's looking for—I um, don't know what his actual job is—but he's kind of off the books. He's a pirate, and he stumbles upon um, a short broadcast of video drama. I think—I think we already kind of just—we um, already said it. But w- what is on this tape? It's a very short, sixty seconds.
1: Well, there's. I think you put it as uh, executioner, executioners. I think there's two executioners and there's a woman tied up to like a pole who's nude <clears throat> and they're beating her. Um, they're whipping her, I think.
0: They're uh, also electrocuting her. Mm, uh, she's yeah. standing in a puddle of water and the background is clay and like, yeah, she's being whipped and electrocuted. <laughs> Uh, which explains i'm sure their costumes are insulated so that protects them but yeah it's really um really intense and this is a play on the old snuff films it's always kind of been an urban legend uh and continues to this day um where you can find a movie and it's someone actually being murdered and they've recorded it and something like that um now they say that kind of stuff is on the dark web i i don't know anything about the dark web but uh Yeah, around the time when VHS was a big deal, that's what people always said. Um, Oh, you know, you can find that there's this snuff film you can watch and it's someone really being murdered. (laughs) And also, you know, like Cannibal Holocaust um, and Salo stuff like that. Which was it? Was it Salo or Cannibal Holocaust? I'm forgetting right now, where they actually had to go to court and prove that they didn't really murder people. So, um, yeah, it's kind of, Timely stuff. So Max becomes obsessed with this. He sees 60 seconds of someone getting tortured, and he's like, I've okay, got this is perfect. This is exactly what I'm looking for. It's all sex, all violence, and no plot. It's great. <laughs> um, and then he goes on to a, a talk show where we meet two important characters. One is Nikki, who kind of becomes his girlfriend. And do you guys did you catch who she was? Who Nikki is? No, oh, I did not uh that's debbie harry better known as blondie the musician mm-hmm. heart of glass stuff like that that's yeah. Cool. yeah she had a brief acting career i know she was in this she was in tells from the dark side i don't know too much else about her career but uh i think she's gorgeous um anyway she's nikki um and then we have brian oblivion now brian oblivion is not actually there They're like, they just brought in a TV set and they're showing a recording of it. Well, um, they're showing him through the TV set. So he's on TV, on TV. There's like two layers of being on TV. Um, And he gives these long speeches that maybe- Monologues, if you will. Yeah, yeah. He gives these monologues that (laughs) kind of don't make sense or maybe they do, I don't know. Um, But this scene- um, this scene really sets up the whole debate of the movie, right? Um, about what impact does media have on us? So the, the lady who is interviewing him kind of has the idea that, hey, being exposed to this stuff, isn't this bad for us? Is this desensitizing us? Is it making us more violent? Um, and Max has the other idea, which says, no, this is more of an outlet. he he literally says better on TV than on the streets. So it's not clear how much he believes it, but at least his argument is that, um, Hey, people want to see or do certain things. They can watch it. And that's the outlet. And it's um, yeah. An outlet. It's not real life. So I think that's the main conversation of the whole movie. Right. Um, Yeah.
1: And uh, I mean, he's wrong in the case of the movie. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah, he turns out to be definitely completely wrong because um, this one really does hurt people. (laughs) So um, I'm not sure this movie maybe has a touch of satire. Like with, obviously, Cronenberg doesn't believe this because he makes these really intense visual movies. But a lot of people, uh, at this point, he'd already been a filmmaker for a while. And a lot of people would say, oh, your movies are bad for society. Um, So he makes a movie where, there's a TV show that's really bad for people and the more conservative side or, well, we'll get to that. What the, What's going on here? <laughs>
1: um, I wonder how much of like the screen being on a screen for an interview thing had been done in movies before this. I wonder how like common it would have been before 1983 to have like this idea of a multi format interview uh where someone is there on a screen and everyone else is there in person and it's you're watching it on a screen it's one level of uh meta i guess or one level of abstract there
0: that's kind of kind of fun yeah and even even things like people using the screens to talk to each other you know not just normal television like he wake his wake-up call is a uh, a timer tape that's his Assistant playing a video for him, you know, kind of like the modern video call, except obviously he can't interact with it. So, yeah, I would really love to be able to watch these movies at the time they were new and see how forward thinking they were for the time. But um, also, so the whole interview kind of gets derailed because Max just starts flirting with Nikki instead of talking to the interviewer. Um, so he ends up taking her. They end up hooking up basically um and <laughs> so mia you want to tell us about vicky what is vicky's deal <laughs> describe her to us
2: well vicky is a redhead right Very is red that's another thing i really must red. and she's kind of kinky and she goes over to max's house and she wants to get in the mood and her way of getting into the mood is kind of being porno. watching a porno. Yeah. <laughs> watching a porno. And then he's like, I got then something he's for you. Dead. It's not
1: exactly porn, but I got something for you. Yeah.
2: yeah. And so yeah. It turns out she's a serious masochist and likes and you know, gets kinky with Max, does a little bit of ear piercing, a little bit of um, is it Satanistic? Is that what the term sadistic? Sadistic, sadistic, sadistic. Right, yeah. sadistic, some kind Satanist. of like, yeah. <laughs> she she also has like a few um marks, knife marks, because that's when at first where she's like, well, do you want to get kinky? How about you like stab me? Well, not stab me. Cut
0: but, like, me, yeah. chop me. More
1: aggressive, but not that much more aggressive. <laughs> stab stab me, from. kill me,
0: <laughs> um, die. <laughs> Oh my goodness. yeah so she's she's we find out she's pretty intense and it's kind of surprising because she's a host of some sort of like radio program where she gives emotional advice and i thought about it watching it this time maybe that's also part of her her sexual thing she likes listening to people who are like emotionally disturbed maybe that's what's going on i don't know but um yeah so anyway she uh She wants to watch porn and he shows her this video drum thing and it, she's really, really into it. You know, she just thinks it's great. And so they end up hooking up and she gets him to do all kinds of progressively terrible things to her. Right. Like he does pierce her ear um, with just a needle. And he, uh, does he cut her at this point? I don't think we actually see him cutting her, but we see that she's definitely into it because she has the scars to prove it where other people have. Um and Nikki is uh I'm sorry, I've been saying it wrong. It's I go back and forth between Vicky and Nikki. It is actually Nikki, Nikki with an n Um, but she is so into this thing that she goes to find we find out it's in Pittsburgh, and she's like, I'm coming to Pittsburgh and I'm gonna be on this show. <laughs> it's perfect for me. So yeah, she's she's uh, she's pretty hardcore. Um, but then we're introduced to Masha who is um, like an older woman, but she is also um, a pornography producer, and she also wants to sell Max her porn. But again, it's too. What was the one she was watching? It's like Roman or...
2: Yeah, like...
0: Yeah, or Greek. Or Greek or
2: something like that. I can't remember. had like
0: a funny name, yeah. Yeah, kind of like a Caligula type thing. But yeah. again, too too classy for him. <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> um so instead he sends her to find out about video drone. he's like you you you've got like eyes and ears or whatever go find out what is this video drama all i have is a name and like 60 seconds so she comes back and tells him that. um well justin what is what does she tell him about video drone? her thoughts on it
1: yeah. Back. So she like draws a contrast between what he should be looking for or what she thinks he's looking for and what Videodrome is doing. And the, the line that stuck with me is that that these people have a philosophy. Yeah. Um, and that he doesn't. Uh, and the philosophy is around uh, violence um, for some type of political purposes, potentially. Um, it's not super explicit whether it's political or religious or some like mixture of those things um and she's like you know stay away from this this is not what you want i'm serious uh stay away from this and yeah and she tells him that it's real yeah and he's like i don't believe it and you're paid actors yeah And she's, uh, so yeah, she tells him that it's real and that she has only one name for him and it's- Brian Oblivion. Brian Oblivion.
0: Guy who was on the TV on the TV earlier. Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) Did you guys see that interview when uh, Max is hitting on Nikki? Professor Oblivion is like looking like at the side of the screen as if he's watching them in conversation. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Given
0: what you find out later, I was like, I thought that yeah. was funny. Right. Uh, so, yeah, that's right. She comes in and she says, look, this is more intense than you know of. She's not very clear on the details. And she's kind of said she doesn't really know all the details. She's just kind of picked up on the rumors. Um, but, yeah, like you said, it's real. They're really torturing people. And it's somehow political. Um, and she doesn't want to tell him anything more. But he he, he bribes her, right? He says, look, I'll, I will take your TV show. If you will give me more information. She's like, Oh, come on. Um, but yeah, Brian oblivion, go talk to him. And there's also just a funny moment there where he's, he tries to flirt with her. (laughs) He's like, Hey, we can take a shower together. If you'll help me out. And she says that he's too young for her. And then it cuts to the waitress. He's too old for her. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Too old for her. And it cuts to the waiter. Who's like 18. And she winks at him (laughs) and she's like 65.
1: Um, I yeah, just put my in a little younger yeah ah, a little a role reversal there you, uh, you know had you thinking maybe he was being kind to the older lady by volunteering to sleep with her but actually he was too old for her. yeah brilliant
0: It's just kind of uh, kind of funny because she's more of the classy version then she's like no, I like really really young men <laughs> yeah. uh, but anyway, so max goes to okay he has Brian Oblivion we know who that is. So he goes to his charity and it's called cath- Cathode Ray Vision. Now, did you guys get what's going on there <laughs> at Cathode Ray Vision? No. Uh-uh.
2: It's like a whole it's like a shelter place, but all they're doing is having the homeless kind of like, or I guess people that are volunteering also as well, um, go in this little sectioned off areas and watch TV.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Um, it's funny it is like you said like a shelter um but I mean they're giving them food but they're also giving them tv as if it's some sort of medicine or food or and do you remember why why they're doing that or what she says is going on
2: I think it's, I think she had said that it was like so they could be able to like go back to human population or be able to like interact with people
0: right yeah Exactly. It's really interesting. She says that, oh, by getting them to watch TV, they'll sort of, like, reconnect with society and culture, and that prepares them to re-enter society. So, yeah, it's interesting, but it is kind of funny just to see all these homeless people sitting in, like, sectioned-off areas, like you said, just watching TV, <laughs> but that's like cathode like- ray vision.
1: Yeah. Hmm? They look like small cubicles.
0: Yeah, little cubicles with TV. Come on in, get your TV dose in. Uh, <laughs> so. But that is, uh, what's it? That's <clears throat> Bianca. That's Bianca. So she is Brian Oblivion's daughter. Uh, and Max talks to her and she says, well, when he mentions video drone, she looks guilty, but she denies knowing anything about it. So she says she'll send him, send him a, a video later. So now we're about thirty minutes into the movie. So that's the the setup. Now's when stuff starts getting trippy. <laughs> uh, when the stuff you really remember from the movie comes in. The first third is kind of story setup. Second third is uh, trippy. Third, the final act is completely crazy. But um, so we start off with the the first hallucination. And do you guys remember the first one with the the? It's not VHS. It's Beta, but the beta tape what it does is it when it like kind of becomes organic
1: and it <clears throat> it gets kind of uh it starts coming to life a little bit
0: yeah it starts breathing and pulsating <laughs> and moving uh it's pretty again a pretty good effect too uh you're not looking at the beta thinking oh this is a setup something's about to happen No, it looks like a normal beta and then it's breathing you know <laughs> um so that's the first thing that happens. Uh, What else does he do? Uh,
1: oh, his assistant
0: comes over. What?
1: Uh, I was going to say, what's her name, Brandy? I can't remember his assistant's uh, name. It's
2: like a, a day of the week, isn't it? Or something like that. Uh,
1: but his uh, his assistant comes over and's like checking on him, and for a moment he sees Nikki's face instead, and. Uh, he's like having a flashback, I guess, to um, a sexual encounter that's violent with Nikki and uh, then flashes back to his assistant and he like apologizes. And he's like, I'm sorry I hit you. But she's
0: like, what? You didn't hit me. Well,
2: Bridie. Hmm.
0: Bridie. Yeah. Bridie. Yeah. She, cause she goes to put the tape in. The reason is she's bringing over the tape from the Oblivion's, and she goes to put it in, and she touches video drum. He's like, "Don't touch that!" And he just smacks her really hard. And like you said, that's when she turns in to Vicky, uh, Nikki, and then he hits her again. And it turns back to his assistant, and he's like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I hit you." But then she says, "You didn't hit me." <laughs> so this really sets up the rest of the movie. We don't know how much of what we're seeing is real, how much is his hallucinations um but yeah what's is that the is that considered the unreliable narrator when you don't know how much what you're seeing is real yep yeah um but anyways after she leaves um that's when this okay that's when the tape starts breathing afterwards right so the tape she gave him then it starts breathing he puts it in and it's brian oblivion so at first it's just a normal monologue but then there's something switches in the audio and you can tell that he's Hallucinating again, probably. And it's those masked men from Videodrome. Mm. And as he's talking, they're like tying him up. And he's talking about how he he was their first victim and he had a tumor and visions. And he thought the he says he thinks the tumor came from the visions, not the other way around. And then they start choking him to death. Um suddenly, though, he disappears. One of the torturers takes off their mask. And underneath it's Nikki. Um, yep. Now we get to another really unforgettable scene. Either the, the TV thing. How do we describe the TV?
1: Oh man, is is this when it's Nikki's Nikki's yes. mouth? Wow. Yeah. Um I think this one's really well done. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like really, like the mouth gets bigger and bigger, and it's what you would expect it to look like if someone's getting closer and closer to a screen. But then the screen itself kind of starts bulging, kind of like a balloon. Yeah, I, yeah, like a
2: balloon.
0: His face in there. Yeah, he does yeah. space in there. Yeah, and he literally sticks his head in. Yeah, um, but before that, that's kind of like the big, the ending of it. But before that, the TV starts doing like the um, the beta tape. It starts breathing and pulsating, mm-hmm. and it's moaning. <laughs> the TV is literally moaning. Um, and there's like veins popping up on it too. So yeah, it's it's one of those scenes you won't you won't forget. So I think after this, uh, you, you're prepared for the movie. You you have no idea what could happen next. So the TV can turn into an organ, and then Nikki's mouth can bulge out of it. Who knows what can happen, right?
1: <laughs> you, don't, you don't forget when things start pulsating that don't usually pulsate. <laughs> just as a general a general rule, say walls yeah. or. Or floors or other inanimate objects if they start pulsating you you definitely don't forget yeah yeah it's um it's nice to see that represented here quite quite well and
0: like <laughs> <the TV. laughs> it's almost like tv is a drug
1: ah yeah. oh, you brought it full circle there
0: well done yeah, sir <laughs> good job me um <laughs> so what happens yeah so he sticks his head into Vicky Nikki's mouth
1: TV thing,
0: <laughs> which begins to swallow him. I'm okay with whatever. Vicky, Vicky Nikki, <laughs> who cares? Um, blondie, okay. Um, <laughs> Except she's got red hair. You can't call her Blondie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She dyed her hair for this movie. That's dedication. Uh-huh. Wow. Um, so what happens next? So it just kind of cuts away. That's one thing. Like you're never really sure. The scenes don't always just end. It's like it gets really trippy, and then you're just somewhere else, right? So this time he goes back to Bianca and he's like, I watched the video. and <laughs> wants he say, careful, it bites. Mm-hmm. Um, and she gives him more information. So what do we learn about video drawn here? What all does, um, what does she tell him? You guys remember what she reveals? We're slowly learning more.
1: Yeah, so uh it's a I don't know, it's a little hard to track um it is yeah basically it's that what videodrome actually is it's a a signal that's in that can be sent over anything mm-hmm. and it does cause tumors and that her father was part of it and it's not clear why <laughs> But he really didn't like it when they started using it negatively. Uh, he was all for the causing tumors part. Um, and But he decided that he was, I guess, not okay with using it to weed out the population, uh, yeah. which seems like a good place to draw the line on your technology. Um, and that his partners killed him and that all the kind of video that you're seeing is different footage of him kind of spliced together by his daughter because apparently he recorded thousands and thousands of hours of himself monologuing which uh, so this is
0: also kind of looking ahead right at the time this must have been crazy to have just like hundreds and hundreds of videotapes of him speaking of course now we basically have that digitally right on the cloud on youtube hundreds of hours of people talking so it's not Really, that's strange anymore. Um, but yeah, Brian Oblivion's motivation isn't clearly explained because usually he's talking in what may be nonsense. Um, but he thought he was developing something that would help people transcend or evolve, you know? And that's a big part of David Cronenberg's work is where do we merge with technology? When do we stop being human? When does technology make us better? Um, but when he realizes that his partners are. Using it, as we find out later, to attack degenerates, basically. He didn't want to be a part of it, so they killed him. Um, and now we have got more information. Now, cut back again, and <laughs> we're getting to another um, highlight of the movie that'll really catch you off guard. <laughs> she um, She gives him some more tapes, right? So first off, she says, we have to remember, she thinks that he was an assassin. So that's why he let she let him watch the video. But uh, so she gives him some more tapes. Said, Dad, watch the tapes, dad'll explain everything. And first of all, he's watching it one night and he's shirtless. Um a boy, James Wood. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Is, is he really a good-looking guy, Mia? No
2: comment.
0: No comment. Okay, I don't know. I think, anyways. Um, I guess so, because any they have him shirtless here, but Oh, we skipped over earlier at one point we see he's got a gun he's obviously gotten kind of like a uh a black market gun in a paper bag and here he's watching the tv and he has like this rash growing on his stomach uh and he's scratching it with his gun (laughs) um and then all right yeah who who wants to do one of you guys want to take take this scene this one's all you Mia, tell us about what happens. So he's scratching his rash with a gun. He looks down.
2: Yeah, so he starts to look down. <laughs> and just this giant, um, kind of like a big old scar thing opens up in his stomach. It's kind of like his stomach has now opened up. Like a door. Mm-hmm. It's kind of really weird. And then he kind of, I guess the intrusive thoughts win. And he just starts shoving his pistol <laughs> inside. <laughs> And he's kind of like digging in there. And then it, he put, I think he manages to put his whole hand in there. And then, well, not whole hand, but shove it all in there. And then he pulls out (laughs) his hand and he left his gun behind. Yeah. And then Um, the pool closes.
0: Yeah. And then he can't, then he starts looking around the house like, uh, where'd the gun go? Where'd the gun go? (laughs) He can't find it. So, okay. Can we just go ahead and say it? This is Cronenberg. So this was intentional. It looks like he has a vagina on his stomach. A kind of gross vagina, but it looks like a vagina. And yes, as you said, he's literally shoving his hand and pistol inside of it.
1: <laughs> uh, all, all the symbols right there in your face.
0: Yeah. And this, but again, grossness or whatever symbolism aside, it's a really good effect, don't you think? Mm-hmm. Um, is, is this the one I that's come to scene? Behind, that this is I the I scene, heard, right? Heard.
2: Yeah. I was just like, oh my God. Mm -hmm. shoving the gun in his body and he's just digging around and it's like I mean it makes you squirm because you're like you know it's a person's inside so you can relate to be like oh I would not want (laughs) yeah digging in my inside (laughs) (laughs) and
0: he uh, also his acting here really takes it up a notch because he looks very uncomfortable. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> like, oh, I don't think I like this. Um <laughs> I'm <gonna> do it. <laughs> yeah. I said I'd try it one time. Oh goodness. Anyways, um, but if you'd like, if you think the stomach thing was too much, oh well, because it's gonna come back a few more times. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the gun is gone now. Uh who knows what happened. It, To him at least, he just shoved it inside his stomach and lost it. But right after that, he gets a call from um, I'm not sure who maybe it was Harlan or one of his assistants telling him there's a car outside. Um, Barry Convex is out there. He'll pick you up, or there's a car gonna pick you up, take you to him. He wants to talk to you. Now, Barry Convex is uh I don't think it was the president. He was a high-level member, at least, of Spectacular Optical Company. And I think it's hilarious the way they describe the company. It's, he says, we make inexpensive glasses for the third world and missile guidance systems for NATO. (laughs) Um, Kind of a weird uh, duality there. NATO, there's like a NATO reference. I mean, it feels very topical. Yeah. Um, So it's just kind of uh, funny that we make glasses for the third world and missile guidance for NATO. (laughs) Uh, But more importantly, they are also the people behind Videodrome. So uh, and he tells Max that Videodrome isn't ready and that uh, but Max hacked into the test transmission. So he puts on. Well, well, he also tells him that, uh, oh, everybody else who's been exposed to the signal is completely insane. So as much of a hard time as you're having, you're handling it better than anyone else. So we want to analyze your um, vision. So they put like this helmet on him, I guess. <laughs> it kind of looks like a VR machine now, you know, except bigger and bulkier. Um, and they make him have a vision so they can record it and analyze them. Do you guys remember, remember this vision that he has? Yeah. She's whipping the TV, right?
2: Yeah. Well, it's a uh, Nikki. She walks mm-hmm. in and, or as Jerry likes to say, Vicky. I'm I just
1: kidding. I changed it. it's <laughs> <blonde> either, redhead.
2: Nikki <laughs> so comes in, she walks in and starts <laughs> like, um, you know, she gives him a whip and he starts to beat her with the whip, which you can't really see her because it turns into like a TV. Yeah, and she just turned- yeah, yeah. It turns into like he's just whipping a TV, and turns out it's not Nikki who he's whipping. It's he's whipping the older lady? can't Masha. Masha, yeah, yeah. And so it's Masha in the screen that he's whipping.
0: Yeah, at first he's whipping. He's whipping uh, Nikki on the TV. But then we look back down, and for some reason, it's now Masha again. And uh, I also like that the way he goes about it. Like, at first, he's not too sure. He, like, tries whipping once or twice, and then he decides it's kind of fun. And then he gets super aggressive about it, (laughs) just whipping it. And we never – then the scene, again, it just – it doesn't really end. It's just suddenly he's back in his bedroom again, and he wakes up, and Justin – what does he find in his bed?
1: <laughs> there she is. She's bound and and dead. dead. Like he beat her to death. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> that it was maybe not a fantasy, but um, he calls in Harlan to come in and like take pictures to figure out what's going on and show that he's not crazy, uh, that he's not um, that he's not hallucinating, and turns out he is hallucinating. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing in his bed.
0: And I really like the character of Harlan. There's something funny about him. Um, just even during the scene, he's like, Max, there's nothing in your bed. <laughs> Did you want me to just take pictures of your pillows? Yeah. Um, so where do we go? Okay, so he's freaking out. He's completely losing it at this point. And he, like, demands that Harlan goes to their little lab where they do piracy stuff. And we get the next big twist. This one involves Harlan. Uh, what do we learn about Harlan, Justin, and video drum here? So, he's been lying.
1: Um, he has not been intercepting them. They did not come from Malaysia as he suggested. Uh, like he didn't know earlier in the film, and then just discover that it uh, was at Pittsburgh. He had known all along because it wasn't coming from any of those places. He was just showing them recordings that he had, and. He's working with Videodrome. And he was sent by Barry Convex of Videodrome to expose Max to it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's why he got exposed. It was all kind of he was in on the plan to
2: take away
1: the channel. mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, they he sort of gives him a
0: reason. Uh, well, you should share, Jared, kind of why, why. Why? Why? are? Yeah, I love his little speech here, so I wrote it down. Uh, so, yeah, like you just said, he's been two years. He's been working with Max, and the whole time he's been like a secret agent with a long goal of getting him exposed to video drama uh, and taking over the company, basically. So here's his little speech. He calls him Patron. That's like his nickname. He says, North America is getting soft, Patron, and the rest of the world is getting tough very very tough we're entering savage new times and we're going to have to be pure and direct and strong if we're going to survive them now you and this cesspool you call a television station and your people who wallow around in it your viewers who watch you do it they're rotting us away from the inside we intend to stop that rot so trump speech (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <and substituted. laughs>
0: so, I mean, again, we're seeing sort of like the real world commentary discussion mm-hmm. going on here with, I mean, this is not what he's saying could have been taken directly from the news then or now, yep. you know, um, we've talked about in the fifties, it was comic books was uh, destroying society, but yeah, basically they think that media, Western civilization is declining and they blame at least in part media so they're going to use video drone to attack all those people and kill them because America's getting weak from all this filth that we're exposed to. <laughs> so, and Barry says that they're going to, yeah, you know, they're starting with video drum. You and all your viewers were going to be the first ones who get to watch this video drum. Okay, so now we're going into the final act. And this is where things get really trippy. Everything's moving really fast. Um The first time I saw this movie, I had no idea what was going on. What about you guys? Were you able to follow it pretty well? Or were you just like, what the hell am I watching?
2: Um, So I was sort of able to. But still, what the hell am I watching? People shoving tapes into people's stomach vaginas. Um, Because then he becomes like an or like you know starts like an assassin and it's it's, it's kind of crazy yeah because towards the end even at the end i was like still confused
1: oh yeah, yeah. it's like it watching some looking at some scenes but i i like how they illustrate how digital uh how well visual media can manipulate you by saying the actual physical medium on which it's recorded <laughs> the videotape we're going to shove that inside your body and your body's going to absorb the material and we're going to literally use that to control you. I mean, what I like about it, <clears throat> I mean, cuz the way the it plays out and it's trippy and things it gets a little I don't know if it gets overlooked or not, but like the blatantness of it. I mean, it would be like taking someone's like iPhone these days like shoving it in their eyeball. Mm-hmm. Um to like make the same kind of point that now you're being controlled. Um, So the like directness of it, I, it's a little over the top, but it's also, it's kind of like if we just shoved this tape inside of you and it controlled you
0: um, also. (laughs) You're literally being assaulted by media and it warps your mind. So (laughs) Um,
1: yeah,
0: there's, there's, you can interpret that as kind of a satire over the criticism and outrage or you can interpret it as kind of a commentary on propaganda. Um, but anyways, what's, what you're seeing is someone getting a tape shoved into their stomach. So, uh, and this, basically he's being brainwashed. So he has now become an agent of video drama. They're telling him what to do. Um, they tell him to go kill his partners. Oh, but we get the gun back.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Anybody? Uh, me, I'll let you take that one. You remember how he gets the gun back? All right,
2: he pulls it out of his stomach, right? And then it like merges. Well, I guess not yet. Does it merge into his hand? It
1: starts merging with it, I think.
0: Yeah. The gun is really interesting because, okay, so let's talk about this effect first. He reaches into his stomach, he pulls out the gun, um, and like mechanical wires start coming out of it and dig into his arm. So he becomes like merged with the, um, the gun. Again, this is a big part of Cronenberg's theme is people becoming merged with technology and what effects does that have. Um, this is the part where I said it's the only effect where it looks great, but if you look at the fingers, the fingers don't look right. Um, they look The fingers do look fake, but uh, again, when you first watch this, you're not looking at his fingers. You're looking at the things that are growing out of the gun and digging into his arm. And sometimes they're there sometimes they're not sometimes he's holding a normal gun sometimes the gun is dug into his arm and sometimes it becomes that weird flesh pistol yeah Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. there's no other way to describe it it's a flesh pistol uh that's really weird and diseased looking the new flesh the new flesh um okay so he goes after his partners And the first thing that he does is he goes after, uh, we don't really see much of these characters, but his two other people that work with him managing the TV show. And uh, well, he just goes in there and just shoots them, right? He just walks in and murders them. Uh, But he has, he pretends he's been shot Mm -hmm. to get out. Yeah. So um where does he go next? Oh, next they're sending him to, they send him to go kill Nikki. I <laughs> said it right that time. Do you guys want to take, uh, either one of you want to talk about this scene I'm talking too much about uh, when he goes? Wait, no.
1: He <laughs> wasn't sent after Nikki. <laughs> no, he was sent
0: after Bianca. Oh, having an off day at least, here. At least you didn't say Vicky. <laughs> yeah. I, I was focusing so hard on using the rights first constant. <laughs> He's sent after Bianca Oblivion. Would either one of you like to take the scene? <laughs> so he
2: goes. Uh, he tries to get in the church, but they're remodeling, so the front doors closed. So he has to now find an alternate way in. <laughs> uh, he breaks the window to the back door, goes in, and looks for Bianca. Finds her and she's like oh you're sent here i thought you were going to be sent here to kill me and so he kind of like they do this little dance across all the little weird cubicles and right as you think he's going to get her um he opens up the screen and she's playing another video
0: mm-hmm.
2: and it kind of like comes out right at him like a- this is
0: the one we okay so first we see nick Nikki. First, we see Nikki, and uh, she's on the screen, and we see her get killed, and uh, Bianca tells him they killed Nikki and used her to come after you. And this is the one, it's a really cool effect, like, a gun emerges from the TV, but it doesn't just come out of the TV, it's sort of, like, still stuck behind the screen as it stretches. And, uh, yeah, yeah, keep going. Uh, And then it shoots him,
2: right? And then the... TV screen shows his body and the bullet lo- bullet wounds and then his real body is unharmed uh, she so the video has generally just kind of reprogrammed him and she now sends him after video drone.
0: right and at this point you're almost I'm kind of starting to feel sorry for him because you can tell his mind is so broken he has no will of his own um, I mean from the point where he's killing them without any questioning. You know, he's hearing voices in his head. And then, yeah, she gets... um, She reprograms him, basically, somehow, I guess. And we see that as him getting shot. Um, (laughs) He's just repeating what she says. You are now... What is is it they say? You are now the video word made flesh? Yeah. Uh, I am the video word made flesh. And now that you are the video word (laughs) made flesh... (laughs) You will go kill them. He's like Okay. So yeah, he's, he's just a robot at this point. Um, so he first goes to Harlan and Harlan tries to give him a new tape, put a new tape in his stomach. But uh, his arm gets trapped inside, inside of uh, his stomach. And when he pulls it out, when he pulls it out, it's just like most of his arm is disintegrated. There's just like a bloody stump. And I guess that's supposed to be a, a bomb on his arm, because he freaks out and runs away, and then he explodes. <laughs> that was another scene where the first time I saw it, I didn't know what was going on. I'm like, "What? His arm was just eaten, and then he exploded." <laughs> um, and then who does he go after next? Justin Barry. He shows up at Barry's conference.
1: Got mm-hmm. a big uh, like trade show, showing off his new glasses that he sells to third world countries. And uh, Max goes right up to him. It, it reminded me of—he almost looks like a televangelist on the on the big stage there. And he just like yeah. walks right up to him, and he uh, he murders him with his uh, his hand his slash gun slash
0: his flesh gun flesh gun. Uh, he shoots him in the face with his flesh gun. Yep. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> um, Great. So. A couple things going on here. One, the, the scene gets a little trippy once, once he goes after him, there's something going on. Uh, there's something going on with the audio where, you know, just gives a trippy effect to it. But also what happens to him after he shoots him?
2: Oh, he kind of like disintegrates, That's kind of weird.
0: Yeah, it's probably the goriest, it is the goriest moment. And the whole movie, it's kind of a famous moment, actually, where, yeah, his head and his body just starts, like, ripping open. (laughs) and uh, Who knows what's going on there, but it's an impressive effect, for sure. Um, So we're getting almost to the end here, the last scene. Um, Max makes a run for it. Um, It's not clear how he keeps getting away, (laughs) but uh, he just makes a run for it, I guess, and gets away. He goes down to a port nearby the ocean. He breaks into um, like a condemned vote, a uh, condemned vote. And then we get the real baffling ending. Who wants to take this part?
1: Do it. You should do this. I feel like we got some of the highlight scenes. Okay.
0: So yeah, if you're not confused yet, um, this is this is really going to confuse you. So he goes into, it looks like somebody has been living there basically, like it's sort of a homeless person has used it. Um, and there's a TV there. <laughs> The TV turns itself on and there is Nikki <laughs> and Nikki tells him that he has injured Videodrome, but not destroyed it. And to, to really attack them, he has to move on. He must transcend and go to the next level. He has to become the new flesh and by destroying the old flesh and letting his body die, she says, look, I'll show you how to do it. Then he's on the TV um standing in the same place he puts the gun up to his head says long live the new flesh shoots himself then the tv explodes and out comes like blood and organs and stuff okay but before you have time to process that he stands up and he does the exact same thing that you saw on the screen puts the gun to his head says long live the new flesh pulls the trigger and then the movie ends all right so <laughs> that's video drum um anybody want to take a stab at interpretations (laughs) or what's going on here most of it i can see as i guess up until the very ending after watching the movie a few times i can see it as okay he's just he's having horrible hallucinations while at the same time being controlled by other people so that all makes sense what the hell happens at this end what happens at the end here so one
1: read my initial read of it was that the screens themselves had kind of like taken control and were beckoning him to join the like the the new flesh or the world in which exists in the screens, and that at the end the it's like the full manifestation of the videodrome. It's like encouraging you to kill yourself because of the hallucinations that it puts in your brain and so i saw it as like video drone got him in the end uh and just convinced him to off himself and uh just like all the other folks that have been exposed to video drone they all go insane he goes insane and he loses the battle in the end and uh, can't tell reality from non-reality it doesn't have any more kind of free will of his own he sees it on the tv screen he just acts it out in front of him and that's like the
0: screen's way of getting him in the end yeah well there's also she's using um brian oblivion's language so his whole thing was that we television was going to help us transcend right uh he was talking about how television is more real than reality. And so maybe you could interpret the new flesh as existing digitally or here, not really digitally, but existing inside of media. So when he dies, um, you know, his body is gone, but he still exists as part of the media that he's been involved in. I don't know. There's something to be said there. Um, Yeah. And there's, there's weird issues that happen with people in media now. Like when someone dies, what happens to your Facebook? I don't know if that's ever been. I don't know if there's an official policy on that. Usually you can, I think, get in contact with them and prove that you're a relative then you get in control. But all this stuff that we've put out there of ourselves who owns it? How much control do you have over it? It stays on long after you're gone. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Mia, what were you thinking at this point Uh, (laughs) in the movie where you completely lost her?
2: I mean, it was confusing the takeaway that I took from it was that media can be very dangerous and even when you're letting other people act or that you think are acting on like violence the way that it triggers your mind because all of his hallucinations were horrific and violent um and so and he was at points like happy in in partaking in the violence and lost his kind of like ability to be um to like be himself and he was just like another robot that contributed to the violence and kind of like spread it too so I don't know it was it was still very confusing at the end
0: (laughs) yeah I mean it's very trippy of course but it does I mean it is very thought-provoking so if that was the goal of Cronenberg, then he succeeded there. It gets you thinking about, uh, it gets you thinking about media and what is acceptable and what impact does it have on us. So you could definitely watch this movie and interpret it as having a very conservative message. You know, a sleazy guy who likes sex and violence and media, uh, it drives him crazy. Um, but at the same time, the people who oppose him are the villains of the movie. Um, and you can't be too harsh about sex and violence because Cronenberg is literally making a movie with sex and violence and all of his movies had a lot of uh gore and sex in them so um yeah it's interesting I see it in part as a satire like I've said before of some of the over-the-top criticisms you know um but maybe there is some there about um how how we let things impact us right so Uh, I'm not going to try and give a definite answer. Yeah, well, I think, too, you can, like,
1: uh, there's like a middle path, too, right? There's one that, like, recognizes the impact it might have while also kind of exploring it as a medium and kind of showing that it can have these types of impacts. And we we need to be aware of that, aware of how the new media influences individuals uh, that are going to be consuming it because uh, it's like a much more visceral, I mean, at this time too, video, like high quality video was a new thing. Not a new thing, but like the ability to rep, replicate it and reproduce it as an individual uh, and save it and replay it was kind of a
0: new thing. Well, uh, home, home media for sure.
1: So anyways, yeah, it was really, it's really good. And there's a lot of, like you say, there's a lot of, I like that it has these kind of multiple reads, uh, which makes it a good, kind of work of art
0: um so I really enjoyed it yeah Cronenberg is not just going to tell you here's what you have to think you know yeah so um but yeah so this was your first of all anything else to say about video drama that we haven't gotten to yet No, that pretty much covered it I think this is a pretty good place to start with Cronenberg um You know, I think if you like this movie, you'll like his other stuff. If you don't like this movie, you probably won't like his other stuff. Um, So a lot of his films become about, have this hallucinatory vibe to them, and they have to do with technology and where does humanity begin and end? What impact does technology have on us? Um, And of course, we haven't, we've gone this whole time without using the term body horror. You know, a lot of people just... um, they'll say he's a great example of body the body horror genre which is true um i think it's a little bit of an oversimplification obviously horrible things happening to the body is a big part of these films but that's just not what it's all about there's always more going on here so oh goodness what else could we watch there's i don't know a good example is the fly which kind of brings everything in where you have a um you know, he, he merges, he uses technology and he merges with the fly. And so he becomes like <laughs> part animal, part person. And Animals. it all has to do with machinery. Yeah. So yeah, I love David Cronenberg. I hope we cover more of his stuff. Good. Justin, are you glad you watched it? I am. I will be surprised
1: if it doesn't show up in my own writing sometime. It's kind of a, it's an early Nice video example of some stuff that some things that I think had been explored in literature a little before a little earlier. Um, but the the visceral reactions to some of it is uh it's pretty good. There's a lot of great stuff here. i I really enjoyed it and I hope we watch more Cronenberg. I want to watch scanners. I know that's one that is uh comes up as one of his most celebrated as well. So
0: yeah and uh, you know the thing this movie is becoming more and more relevant, especially as they're talking about you know, implanting chips into people's brains and, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a movie worth watching. This one, like I said, the first couple times I watched this movie, I watched it, I don't know, I was probably 19 when I first saw this film. and um, I didn't really get much of it at all. It was just like, whoa, really cool stuff is happening, you know, Trippy. Um, but after watching it now a few more times i haven't watched it in several years i i still really liked it i understood it more i appreciated it just as much so yeah that's video drone man it's a classic for a reason and Woo. you can watch all of uh, cronenberg stuff i think um you can just start with shivers and work your way forward but um all right anything else guys does that cover it, it covers it, it
1: covers what it. we got next
0: well coming up next we're going to continue our Godzilla series we are going to be on 1964's Mothra versus Godzilla so we've covered I think this was number four the fourth film I believe yeah because we did Godzilla Godzilla reads again Godzilla versus King Kong King Kong versus Godzilla and now it's the first time Godzilla goes up against Mothra so uh, go watch that one everybody and join us next time (laughs) awesome all right. Well, Thank you man. Guys. Thanks for having a lot of
1: fun. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.